lock and load. This is Steve Dace. The Steve Dace Show. And greetings. Happy Tuesday. Welcome to the Steve Dace Show. Live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Steve Dace here alongside... Todd Erzin, Aaron McIntyre, and all of you. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email the show, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook and follow us on Twitter at Steve Day Show. And if you're looking for alternatives to those big tech censoring platforms, just look for my name, Steve Dace on Gab, MeWe, and follow at Steve Dace on Parlor. We are still in YouTube jail, I believe, so you can uh, get free clips of the show at rumble.com slash Steve Dace Show. Or to make sure you don't ever miss a second of the action, just subscribe. Get a discounted subscription today at blazetv.com slash Slash Dace again. That's blazetv.com slash Dace. Of course, today, today is a big day. Uh, today we drop a house on this witch, a Moab, a Moab on COVID Stan. Our new book, Faucian Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history, has now been released. It is exclusively at Amazon.com because over 80% of all books in this country are sold there. There was no other way with shutdowns, lockdowns, distribution channels uh, that are blocked, etc. There was just no other way for us to get this book in your hands any sooner than six months from now, which means another spring, another summer, uh, two more seasons of these lies. This needs to stop. It needs to stop now. So we're putting it out on paperback directly to you to get this into your hands, but also for you to get it into the hands of people who haven't seen, heard, been exposed to a lot of this data and information over the course of the past year. This is meant to be a weapon of mass destruction in this information war. Uh, It has more citations, references, and footnotes than actual pages. Every issue, every tentacle of this past year, every subplot, is addressed, gets its own chapter in this book, and we'll tell you next hour as we give you a preview and show you it has an all-star panel of endorsements as well. We'll share those with you next hour too. But you can get your copy right now. The good news about the paperback version is it's cheaper. So you can buy multiple copies, share them, spread them around, take them to your church, your school board, your state legislature, your city council. This is the information in one reference guide, easy to read, that can win this war. And I just want to say, I woke up this morning, and the first thing I see in my Twitter feed, first thing I see, is I have a tweet from some uh, author, doctor, doctor in the UK, And I check him out. He's got like 60,000 Twitter followers. He's got a book out about COVID. Chastising me for quoting John Ioannidis over at Stanford University. Claiming that John Ioannidis' information is wrong. And he says that the infection, that that 0.25% of everyone in the UK has died of COVID. 0.25% of their population. Not for an infection rate of the population. I'm like, wow, 
first of all, that's an indictment of your lockdowns. They don't work if that's true. But I'm like, is that number accurate? It can't be. What do you think I found when I went and looked up the latest UK death numbers to COVID and divided them by the total UK population? Do you think I ended up with 0.25 of the population had been killed by COVID? What do you guys think? What do you think the answer to that one is? Probably not. Probably not. I mean, the timing of that just could not be more, more providential. And he just asserts it with such confidence. And he's a doctor. He's got MD after his title. And apparently thinks we're all just too stupid to go to, a, to go to the website that counts the deaths and divide it by the population. Like, you know, a fourth grade math. That's a major reason why this book is needed. And a lot of you are already getting the message at the time that we just began the show. Folks, this book is number 21 overall at Amazon.com. Not like in a category overall of like every book at Amazon. Like every book that's ahead of us is like a children's book. With Easter coming up. We're number one in political commentary right now at Amazon.com. We're in the top 10 of new releases, including ahead of Stephen King's new book, which really impressed my wife, frankly. (laughs) All right. So you guys are crushing this. We, We have now brought this to you. You have asked us how many times in this last year, some metrics our show has grown by two, 300% in the last year and probably more than anything else other than man i wish i would have found your show sooner the next most often thing of feedback i have received is can i get a link for that what's the source for that could you create a website with handy sources we're going to do you one better we're going to put it all in a book everything you'll ever need to push back on whatever this last year has been has it been a serious pandemic of course Has it been a serious case of something else? You bet your sweet bippy it has. And so this is the book you're looking for. Get your copy today. Multiple copies. We're working on the Audible version now. Should be released next week. Yes, you can get a Kindle version as well. All right, so go to Amazon.com right now. Faucian bargain. And the timing... I don't know if, if, if Trump knew this book was coming out yesterday or not, but that statement that he put out last night about Debbie Burks and Anthony Fauci pretty much is a primer for this book. All right. So get your copy. Thank you to all of you that have already done so. We're going to take you in depth on this book next hour for fake news or not. Also at the bottom of this hour, good friend of mine, Gabe Wrench, has decided enough is enough where he lives out there in Idaho. He's going to war against COVID Stan. He'll tell us about that. You know, our motto this year is the answer is us. And so Gabe has decided to take matters into his own hands. You'll hear his story coming up at the bottom of the hour. But before we get to all of that, here's Aaron's rundown of what happened while we were away. What happened while we were away brought to you by Panic Porn Redux number 666. We'll start with CDC Director Rochelle Walensky, who through nearly tears pleaded with America to stay afraid. And I'm going to reflect on the recurring feeling I have of impending doom. We have so much to look forward to, so much promise and potential of where we are, and so much reason for hope. But right now I'm scared. And then there's Joe Biden, who pleaded with governors, mayors, and local leaders to reinstate mask mandates. Mask up. Mask up. It's a patriotic duty. 
It's the only way we ever get back to normal. Mr. President, do you believe that some states should pause their reopening efforts? Yes. In completely unrelated news, here's how Texas is doing nearly a month after removing their remaining COVID restrictions. Anywho, here's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis on vaccine passports. You want the fox to guard the hen house? I mean, we interrupt this montage for an emergency Trump alert. Incoming message from Mar-a-Lago. Based on their interviews, I felt it was time to speak up about Dr. Fauci and Dr. Burks, two self-promoters trying to reinvent history to cover for their bad instincts and faulty recommendations, which I fortunately almost always overturned. They had bad policy decisions that would have left our country open to China and others, closed to reopening our economy and years away from the approved vaccine putting millions of lives at risk. The statement goes on to read, Dr. Fauci is also the king of flip-flops and moving the goalposts to make himself look as good as possible. The statement continues, Dr. Burks is a proven liar with very little credibility left. Many of her recommendations were viewed as pseudoscience. Learning Chinese today, today's phrase is, why didn't you fire them, bro? Anywho, on with the rest of the montage. Speaking of Dr. Fauci, he's now taking credit for the vaccine. Decision we made on January the 10th to go all out and develop a vaccine. We have a number of vaccine candidates. May have been the best decision that I've ever made with regard to an intervention as the director of the Institute. Baylor women's basketball coach Kim Mulkey, fresh off of seeing her team lose in the NCAA women's basketball tournament, says COVID tests for players should be a thing of the past. I don't think my words will matter, but... After the games today and tomorrow, there's four teams left, I think, on the men's side and the women's side. They need to dump the COVID testing. Wouldn't it be a shame to keep COVID testing and then you've got kids that end up having test positive or something and they don't get to play in a Final Four? So you need to just forget the, sh- the, the, the COVID test and let the four teams that are playing in each Final four, go battle it out. And finally this, at a Bonneville County school board meeting last month, that's Idaho Falls, Idaho, a trustee by the name of Elizabeth Cagliotti, who's been extraordinarily vocal about her disdain for the thought of returning to in-person learning, made an impassioned plea for a mask mandate in this district's schools. This clip is long, but I promise you it's worth it. How often has the CDC been to our district? You know what? The CDC doesn't visit any school districts. Exactly. That's my point. They are creating regulations. No, you interrupted me, Paul. You interrupted me. Please do not interrupt me. They make recommendations for the entire country based on their knowledge and their understanding of what is best for everyone. And they don't need to visit our school district to make recommendations for everyone. And they currently have recommendations out that with the current level of transmission in Bonneville County, that we should be in hybrid for the elementary schools and virtual for middle schools and high schools. But, and we're not following that, but I do think that we should follow their require their request and their recommendation for masking.
The rest of the story is that earlier this month, this very same woman faced and defeated a recall election due to her strong adherence to the panic porn. That recall election happened after she made her literally breathless appeal for mandatory masking. So I guess the joke's still on us. And that's what happened while we were away. She's literally choking herself out on that mask. Now, you had not seen that. Aaron and I noticed that yesterday. Your thoughts now after seeing it. They voted her back in. Yeah. She faced a recall. Yeah. Yeah. For that stuff. And they, and she defeated it. Okay. (laughs) You wanted her. You get her. Fools. Uh, It's only fitting. She's choking herself out because you are, you, you people of that community already choked once uh, when you had a chance to get rid of this ridiculousness. Aaron's montage brought to you by Omega XL. If you're in pain after watching that. Or dealing with any other form of chronic pain. All right. Now, not from an injury, you know, like choking out from a face diaper. Uh, This won't help you with that. Go see a medical professional. But if you are dealing with chronic pain that comes from falling down laughing at these fools, uh, and then the aches and pains and the stiffness of joints that goes along with that, chances are you're struggling with inflammation. And you know those topical rubs, the pain relievers? Hey, they work to mask the pain. But what you really want to do is tackle and confront the, influ- the inflammation that's causing the pain because if you leave it there for too long, it can create something even more serious. And that's where a great product like Omega XL comes in, uh, backed by 35 years of clinical research. It attacks the inflammation that's causing your pain. It's a part of my daily regimen, which is why I would recommend it for you. I mean, for me, it's my left hip flexor. For you, it might be your shoulders, back, knees, neck, etc. Whichever the case may be, let's get you started right now with buy one, get one free. Buy your first bottle, get a second one for free right now when you visit OmegaXL.com. That's OmegaXL.com. Buy your first bottle, get a second one for free at OmegaXL.com slash Steve. OmegaXL.com slash Steve. Or call them at 800-844-4888. To the the montage we go. The, The statement yesterday by... Um, the president was hilarious. (laughs) Yes. I'd be lying though when I got done enjoying it, giggling at it. I'd be lying though if I, if I, if I said when I got done reading it that, you know, we're now going to raise, they want to raise all kinds of taxes uh, for road construction Uh, that's a government union payout uh they want to raise taxes for this they want to raise taxes for that uh tranny this tranny that um let's give in to iran um uh, let's turn the military into a full woke uh stasi uh should i continue no um I, i i would tell you i'm I don't know what word I would use to describe it. Wistful, disappointed, dismayed. Because if he had come to that conclusion of that statement last June, July, August, hell, maybe September, I think we wouldn't have Dementia Joe as president right now. We tried to we tried to warn you from the very beginning on this show. 
going all the way back to April. We did videos on this that got a lot of views. He wasn't going to get reelected like this. No one gets reelected with 40 million people unemployed. It just isn't happening, period. It's not happening. And you could never panic porn enough. It's similar to George Herbert Walker Bush, read my lips, no new taxes. And then he uh, gets elected partially on that pledge. And then once elected, signs into law the biggest tax increase in American history at the time. It's really hard to come back and run on Bill Clinton is a tax and spend liberal when you've already raised our taxes more than anyone else ever has. And it's really hard to run on I'm better at lockdowns than the people that would just lock everything down. That's their message for Ebbs, forever. That's their message. You have to run on a counter message. Make America great again. Build a wall. Those are stark, easily understood and received counter messages to Hillary Clinton's campaign. Not... Let me announce that we're reopening. And then when governors like Brian Kemp in Georgia start doing it, I then take the next two days and criticize them for it. One of the questions we attempted to answer in Fauci and Bargain, if for no other reason, my own peace of mind, I, I needed to know. I mean, I made numerous attempts. I leveraged numerous relationships last year trying to pierce the Mike Pence White House Coronavirus Task Force veil for a president that this first go around, I didn't even vote for. But I wanted to vote for for a second one. I just knew if we didn't end this, my vote wasn't going to matter. He was going to lose. And... I talked to some pretty well-connected people, some names you would know. I mean, you're going you're gonna to see next hour, folks. We have some pretty high-profile current elected officials with their names of endorsement on this book. Okay, So I may just live in Iowa, but I, I have a few connections every now and then. And I, but I, and I try not to milk them, though. But I figured for what was at stake in the country and in our, with our future, this was the time to maybe make some calls. And I mean, I, I tried. Um, last May, I gave a private presentation to a who's who group of conservative leaders. A lot of them, again, would be names you would know. With a lot of the information that's in the book, that came out today, Fauci and Bargain. And they also tried to pierce the veil, and they could not. One of the things we did in Fauci and Bargain is there's a chapter devoted to a caricature we created, our own deep throat, if you know the Watergate reference, um, named Veritas, or you know the Latin term for truth. And Veritas is a Composite character, I won't identify gender or genders, title or titles. It's a composite character created so that those we spoke with for this conversation could feel free to speak freely. 
and it wouldn't get back on them. But people who had intimate, those who had intimate knowledge of what was going on in the White House at this time last year. Because I just needed to know what, what, what was the impetus behind handing the presidency to Anthony Fauci. You know, I was on with Glenn Beck this morning before we started our show and, and Glenn was mentioning the subtitle to the book the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in America. And he said, how do you quantify that? How do we know that? I said, great question. 14, 15 months ago, almost nobody knew who Anthony Fauci was. And now, 14, 15 months later, without a single vote cast, not even by mail, without a single vote cast, every one of our lives has been altered by him. Every one of our homes, Every one of our families, every one of our churches, every one of our businesses, every one of our schools. Whether we can step outside on a spring day and breathe the free air. If that's not the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history, I, I don't know who is. How did he get this power? Why did the, why did the Trump White House just hand it to him? At first, you could understand it. But why? As more and more data came in, as the models didn't pan out, the contradictions began to mount. The gaslighting was unleashed. New York leading the world in deaths if it was its own country. The worst death rate in the world. And he's going on national television saying, New York got it right. And, yet, and this, this, this continued. And the answer that we were given from Veritas is that the White House was essentially paralyzed in a no man's land. That basically by the time they realized they'd been had, Fauci was too powerful, they didn't think they could overcome it. And then their pollsters told them that if they went more aggressively and restoring normalcy, they would lose senior citizen voters who were um, uh, worried that they were going to get Trump's own baby boomer voters. Basically, the pollsters told them they would if they did this, they would say, well, you're sentencing us to our deaths and don't care about us. And so they staked out the same nowhere, no, no man's land position. How many times have we seen? a Republican in power do this. George W. Bush on the quagmire of Iraq. We're doing the Lord's work on one hand, but uh, we're not winning and may never win on the other. That's an indefensible position, brother. You can't yeah, choose one, okay? But you can't have them both. Raise my lips, no new taxes. Here's the largest tax increase of all time. I'm accused just by being the Republican nominee of being a bigoted, racist, homophobe, Mitt Romney. But then when Chick-fil-A Day happens, that's not a part of my campaign. How many times have we seen this, right? Yeah. Um, pretty much our entire adult lives. Trump had risen to power from nowhere, really, politically, by his refusal to buy into this paradigm and to crush it at every turn. Even at times, frankly, I often didn't think it would work. And it did. Because there was such a desire among a large segment of the American people to see these 
shibboleths smashed once and for all, even if they were by a character that at times made you wince. At least he was the one doing the smashing. But now, at the moment we needed that Hulk smash instinct more than any other, let me step aside and here's Anthony Fauci to take control of the country. It's serendipitous timing that this statement comes out at the time that this book does. Because this has to end, folks. It's madness. And that's the best case scenario. Worst case is we're being conditioned for something. And if they weren't attempting, if they were attempting to condition us of something, how would they behave any differently than they have? If you watch that clip for that CDC director, when it goes on, you'll see she goes on to say, I'm now going to appear off script. And she continues. You can tell she's still reading when she says this. She's still reading the part where she says, I'm now off script. I'm begging you. She's basically Meghan Markle. How yes. is she different? Yes. They're experiencing an early spring wave in, in, uh, in, on the East Coast that is going on with new cases. Haven't seen a massive spike in hospitalizations or anything else, but we have seen a spike in new cases there. Why do you need to triple mask in Scottsdale, Arizona? Because they have another wave in, in, in Queens. Why? Particularly since your own masking didn't work at all, no I guess. No question about that. Mr. Let me let a bunch of COVID positive illegals across our non-border dementia riddled president can take his mask mandates, his useless Chinese face diapers and shove them up his Metamucil as far as I'm concerned. They don't even work. But let's just assume that we had documentation that they slowed the spread one, two, three, four, five percent. Why are you triple masking in Laramie, Wyoming? Because Trenton, New Jersey is having a spring seasonal wave. Why don't they just focus and concentrate all their efforts on the parts of the country that are the most infected? Why didn't we do this all along? Median age of death in COVID is 78. That's the average life expectancy in America. 80% of COVID hospitalizations were people who were morbidly obese or just about there. We know who the pre-existing conditions are. Obesity, diabetes, the elderly. Why didn't we just isolate those? Why so much effort to lock down Springfield, Missouri? Why? There's no good answers to those questions. It's time now. We make them answer them. It's time. That Karen choking herself out in that video on that school board is legion. And we use that word on purpose. She and her ilk, her branch Covidian ilk, need to be confronted and defeated. Enough is enough. Gentlemen, you have any thoughts? Well, it's heartening to see some of the early responses, reviews, etc., uh, because along with the what and they're clearly getting what they wanted, all of those footnotes, you know, that a lot of data, a lot of information to go through. But they, while saying that, they say this is a really fast read. I mean, they're people who got 
uh, got the book 180 pages done like that and that was the point something that would be very easy to digest there would be no excuses about how you had to filter through to the truth this is a punch in the face it's unavoidable and many people are taking up uh, us up on uh, buying it a couple of times and passing it out to friends thank you god bless you um it's only just begun though you must be persistent yeah and i mean the content in in this book is just spectacular uh it is a greatest hits compilation of the show for the last year or so here's the thing you might think that this is, well, we're a year into this. I mean, yeah, this is good. This is great. And I can still use this to maybe uh, convince some of my friends. Guys, um, we're a year into this or we're a year into something else. There's either a year behind us or there's what ahead of us. In other words, the same people who's told you it's only two weeks it's only 45 days, are now saying it's only a vaccine passport. Mm -hmm. This book is going to be timely for a long time. Unfortunately, if what you just talked about, Steve, is not dealt with and dealt with once and for all. We'll come back. Friend of the program is taking matters into his own hands where he lives, and he's going to tell us that story when we return. Say your credit card company found suspicious charges on your card. That's simple identity theft. It's annoying, but chances are they will cover it for you. But the type of fraud you really need to be worried about even more so these days, if your homeowner is called home title theft, it's a devastating crime that takes you off your home's title and then you're not covered by your mortgage lender or homeowner's insurance. That's why you need Home Title Lock. Uh, cyber criminals can get to you because they know our home's documents are often kept online, like the title. So they go there, forge your signature on a quick claim deed to make it look like you've sold your home to them. And then they start borrowing against your home's value, equity, leaving you in debt. You often won't even know about it until late payment or eviction notices arrive but the instant home title lock detects any tampering whatsoever they will mobilize to shut it down so let's get you protected you just need to go to hometitlelock.com register your address and see if you're already a victim and then while you're there enter the code radio to get 30 free days of protection for your most important investment your own home 30 free days of protection with the promo code radio at hometitlelock.com our theme on the show this year is the answer is us. We have been saying for many moons now, this will all not end until we make it end and not a moment sooner. This continues because we comply. Government by the consent of the governed is not only a creed uh, mentioned in the uh, Declaration of Independence, it's also an observation of history. You comply, that's what you get. Someone in our audience is tired of the complying. Gabe Wrench is here with us. Uh, he hosts a pretty cool show. I've had a chance to be a guest on a couple of times. Maybe you've seen it on the NRB Network, and he joins us here today on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Good to see you, brother. How are you? Hey, Steve. Thanks for having me on, man. Today's your, uh, your book's birthday, isn't it? It is. It launches uh, today, and it's off to a phenomenal start. So thank you very much. Tell our audience a little bit about you, first and foremost. 
Yeah, first, I, I, I'm the host of Cross Politics TV show and podcast, um, just a Jesus is Lord over politics podcast. I um, uh, live in uh, Idaho, Moscow, Idaho, which is kind of up in the chimney of northern Idaho. And I'm married to my wife, Annie, and got three wonderful kids on a little 10-acre ranch outside of Moscow. So that's a um, little bit about me. So you check every Department of Homeland Security uh, box. You check them all. You even showed up with the right beard. So here we go, right? Uh, which bourbon is it tonight? I'm sorry. I didn't mean to just come totally go stereotype with you there, Gabe. But... <laughs> What tell us about Moscow, Idaho? I've been there. I was there as you guys' guest a couple of years ago. It's a pretty yeah. little community, all right? But it's an intriguing one with an interesting mix of people, right? Yeah, so as, as most people know, Idaho is a conservative state, but there's actually two counties that overwhelmingly vote Democrat, and ours is one of them. And our county is Lataw County, and it's particularly my city that's the problem, Moscow, Idaho. And it's liberal largely because we're a university town surrounded by farm fields, right? The university is what really makes our town liberal. And if you – so you go up to northern Idaho and we're like the only liberal county and then we're surrounded by conservatives all over. So it's, a, it's actually – this whole coronavirus thing has really kind of revealed a lot about my city. I mean it's been you – know, I knew it was liberal, but I didn't, I didn't know it was this liberal. Mm-hmm. So what, what kind of restrictions – are you guys yeah. so, uh, are, are being imposed on you right now? Yeah. So as you, as you know, it's all about following the science, right? On exactly. March 20th, yes. on March yes. 20th, our mayor shut down the businesses in downtown before there was any uh, cases of the coronavirus in our community. So he voted, the city council voted to shut down all the businesses in downtown on March 20th. Uh, New York shut their state down on uh, March 11th. So only nine days after did Idaho shut our shut their or Moscow shut everything down. And he did this and went and was drinking beer and playing golf at Elks Lodge just about two miles outside of town uh, and did that on an almost daily basis. And then on June, January, excuse me, on July 2nd, the council. So wait, in he shut you down, but then went to other towns and imbibed. That's he not, got not his drink on town. Not even another town. It was literally in the county of the city of Moscow. Okay. Where this outside. So it was in Moscow, but it was in the county section of Moscow where he went and drank so, beer. So lockdown for me, not for thee. Got you there. Okay. Yeah. 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 And, and he continued to keep his paycheck while my buddy in downtown had to shut down his business, right? You know, the whole city council, the mayor, everybody did that. And then on July 2nd, they voted in a mask mandate uh, requiring everyone to mask where they could not social distance. And then my church, the way we protest is we just go and sing hymns and sing psalms and and as a protest. So we don't carry Molotov cocktails. Um, We don't do any violence. We just sing psalms for 20 minutes and leave. So we started kind of doing these downtown psalm sings uh, in protest of all this. And then on August 3rd or 4th, they voted to extend the mandate. And then on September 21st, they voted to extend the mandate to January 1st, um, January 5th. Now, on September 21st, there was hours of testimony saying, don't extend this mandate. It's not working. You know, cases have risen regardless of what people wearing masks or not. Don't extend it. They voted to extend it. So my church on September 23rd decided, let's do another psalm sing. And so this time we went to City Hall. And when we we're at City Hall, the mayor and the county and the city supervisor pay, had city staff go and spray paint circles on the concrete six feet apart so you can objectively see that we weren't standing six feet apart and so we go to and keep in mind like at this point 
cops had never cited anybody for it, never arrested anybody for it. They give you guys juice boxes never- too, along with uh, <laughs> the proper uh, uh, paste that you needed for the class project. <laughs> yeah, we coloring books. They handed that out as we we're coming through, uh, and and so they had spray painted these circles six feet apart. I show up. The cops had never enforced this for the four or three or four months that had been in play. Uh, so I was going there just to do a psalm thing, just like with you know. So there's about two hundred of us, 150, 200 of us, and and I didn't think anything different was going to happen. The cops were there. I see this circle spray painted on the ground. At first, I didn't even know they were for us, and then I I figured it out. I was like, oh, they want us to be six feet apart. We started singing psalms. The cops came up and approached my mom first, you know, because women are easier to approach than men. Um, it's not as frightening, I guess, for the cops. And and they asked my mom, are you with this man? And my, my mom said, this is my son. So apparently me and mom, you know, scientifically, me and mom are allowed to be standing next to each other. Uh, and then I put my arm around my friend, Tyler, and said, but this is my friend. And so the cop asked for my driver's license. And I, I said, officer, you don't have to you don't have to do this. And he said, please hand me your driver's license. I said, officer, your duty is to defend my First Amendment rights, not the mayor's unconstitutional edict. Mm-hmm. And he said, please give me your driver's license again. So we went through that you know, four or five times. And he said, this is my last time. Please give me your driver's license. And, and I said, officer, you don't have to do this. And he proceeded to take – I was holding my hymn book. And he proceeded to take my hymn book away from me so he could handcuff me. You know, now, keep in mind, like I'm practicing my First Amendment rights. I'm, I'm practicing I'm all of them, the right to worship the right to petition, the right to gather, and the right to free speech. Mm-hmm. All of them. And he proceeded to arrest me because I wasn't wearing a mask or standing six feet apart from my friend Tyler. So as they take me to the county jail, and on the way to the county jail, it's only about three or four minutes, I, I knew I was going to have to pay bond or something silly. And so I just started preaching at the, at the officer. I was like, this is wrong, you know it, and so forth. I get to the county jail. They check me in for about three hours. I'm in jail. Every cop, the the officer that arrested me came up to me to explain the citation he gave me while I was in jail. And he cited me for uh, breaking the city health order, you know, not social distancing and not wearing a mask. Right. And he said, but I'm not going to cite you for obstruction, you know, basically not handing over my driver's license. And and I responded to him and I I said, oh, thank you, Massa. So merciful. And he did. He did not like that. Uh, But but that was the odd thing in that moment is he thought he was being merciful. Right when he should have been protecting my first amendment rights as they're releasing me from the county jail across the hallway there's two deputies in an office not wearing a mask and not social distancing of course of course yes i walk i walk over there you mean like a president who was on camera last night demanding more mask mandates without wearing a mask you mean something like that maybe something as obvious as that yes yeah yeah as obvious as that well and also i didn't even mention this but our mayor was officiating a wedding back in september the month i got arrested no, not wearing a mask, not social distancing, officiating a wedding. And so I go and point out to the deputies, hey, uh, they aren't wearing a mask. They aren't social distancing. You need to arrest them. This is what you guys are releasing me from jail right now for. And they just asked me to leave. They say, please leave, please leave, please leave. So um, I got, you know, obviously I got a court date. Um, my, I get a lawyer. I, uh, Thomas More Society has been representing me through all this. They've been awesome. They've been fantastic. And you They've guys have filed now a federal lawsuit saying, hey, your essentially your health ordinances cannot override the constitution of the united states exactly that's why this case is so important it took him four months to dismiss my case the judge finally dismissed my case on january 9th saturday afternoon like at four o'clock i've never heard a judge dismissing a case on saturday afternoon so it took him four months to dismiss my case and there's also sorts of kind of silly shenanigans in between 
And then um, you probably haven't heard about this, but my my friend's sons got really – they were frustrated that I got arrested over this. Well, they printed up stickers um, called uh, – with a hammer and sickle, Moscow, with a hammer nice. and sickle. And nice. at the bottom is the tagline, enforced because we care. That that enforced because we care tagline actually comes from the city marketing campaign to get everyone to wear a mask. Enforced because we care. And they took that sticker and went and plastered it on on all friendly businesses in downtown. But they also hit a couple – city streetlight poles well apparently that's a, a violation that's a code violation but they put the sticker on these city poles where all these other stickers were and they got cited handcuffed you know not arrested but detained released what if they had posted site. blm well, would, would any of those things have happened oh that, all those stickers were there so it sounds all, like you might have various- a, a 14th amendment equal that uh, unequal protection uh, uh, clause violation there then I- in, in, this, in like the 70 years of this little city sticker code, it's never been enforced. Zero, never been enforced. But they're mad because they lost my case, so now they're going after my friends. And so that's why I filed the federal lawsuit is because one, one, one of the principles that Christians need to learn is not just the art of, of uh, pushing back, but the art of pursuing. You can't just push back, but you got to pursue. And so that's kind of what my federal lawsuit is doing. Uh, the mayor, the city council, the city supervisor, no one has called and asked and apologized for violating my First Amendment rights. No one. So my only way to address my grievances is to go to the federal courts. Mm-hmm. And so that's what I'm doing. I followed a lawsuit um, last week to go to the federal courts to get my grievances addressed because I got no objective judge in town. I got no prosecutor backing me. I got no. My, I can't go to my police chief. I can't go to my city council. I can't go to my city supervisor. No one's going to get my back in all this. So I got to fight for our First Amendment rights here in town. Uh, despite um, my mayor's, you know, tyrannical edicts. So, Dave, we got about uh, two, three minutes here. I'm what I'm fascinated by because you're not like me. You're not just an activist, or not just a host, but also an activist. You do both sides of the equation where you live there, similar to how I operate. So, take off the fact that this. Take away the fact this is your story. Now you're just a guy hosting a show that comments on culture and politics. Why haven't there been 80 of these lawsuits in the last year? What's well, the, what I, do you think? I, what do you, what, why haven't we been flooding the zone with these sorts of lawsuits? And, and that's a really good question. And, and I think part of the answer to that is um, Americans have gotten fat and sassy and a little lazy, and we've forgotten how to exercise certain civic muscles. You know, so one of the civic muscles that we don't exercise very well anymore is kind of the, the, the muscle of courage, mm-hmm. kind of standing up to our, our city council, standing up to our mayor. And it's not fun. I don't want to, I don't want to be at odds with my police chief. I don't want to be at odds with my mayor of this local town of, you know, 15,000 people. That's, it's not fun. P- half the but what happens when like they're it. perfectly fine being at odds with you? What happens then? Oh, oh yeah. they're totally fine. Yeah. being odds with us. They've, re- they've released public statements about being odds with people in my community. Mm-hmm. So it's, it's, and no. So I think the, the muscle of courage is one thing. And also just the, the, the muscle of just, you know, caring about being involved in civic engagement. We tend to, uh, this the, you know, the conservative, the conservative problem is we want to raise our kids. We want to work hard and we want the government to leave us alone. Mm-hmm. And so that, that muscle of also just kind of engaging and figuring out where to push back. My pastor was, I was talking to my pastor about this and I said, where do we start to push back? You know, where should other towns, where should other communities start to push back? And my pastor, Pastor Wilson just said, you know, make a list. And they kind of pick the most juicy, juiciest one and start pushing back. <laughs> and I think that's helpful advice. You know, this is not complicated rocket science. I mean, we, one of the things that this kind of lawsuit does 
is it will create First Amendment space in our town. Because now the next time the cops go to do something like this, they're going to think twice because the chief of police is on this lawsuit. The city supervisor is on this lawsuit. They're, they're, they're personally on this lawsuit. And so next time this happens, well, they're going to think twice. I better be careful about you know maybe overstepping someone's constitutional rights because I got in trouble last time. Gabe, tell our audience how can they follow what uh, is going on with this case and check out you guys' show if they'd like to do that. Yeah, thank you. Um, crosspolitik.com is our website. Crosspoliticgsoverpolitics.com is our website. And uh, you can follow me really on Twitter and Gab at gmwrench.com. That's Twitter and Gab at gmwrench.com. And I'll, I'll keep everybody up to date on the lawsuit. And I can't wait to see you, Steve, in South Dakota at our rally April 29th through May 1st. That's right. You know what? Forgive me. I, I, I got a bit going on today. I totally forgot about that. Give the website out for that if people want to attend that event coming up uh, about a month from now. Yeah, so Steve's coming to speak at our conference, our rally in South Dakota, um, and you can go to fightlaughfeast.com and then click on events and then rally, and you can sign up, and we're excited. It'll be Thursday through Saturday. It's a raucous group of Christians. It's a family-integrated conference. We'll have a comedian showing up. Steve Dace will be doing a talk, and we're working on possibly some other things with Steve Dace while we're there. We can't make it public yet, but uh, I'll send you to run by you, too. (laughs) <laughs> yeah, I was just saying, we don't know what those things are, but okay. Real quick, what's the website again? Yeah, fightlifefeast.com. Click on events, go to our rally. All right, good to see you, Gabe. Take care, brother. Thanks, Steve. You bet. Thoughts on that conversation? That last part about exercising your muscle of courage and civic responsibility, there's no way around that, folks. And there never has been and there never will be. Whatever little side things you've got going on in terms of your luxuries, your fetishes, the things you love to do, the simple fact, if you won't exercise those things, you don't deserve them. It's not complicated. You mentioned yesterday after hearing the testimony story of Deidre Harrison in in Dallas, whose priest called her during mass to kick her out of mass for not wearing a mask. Uh, You asked, where are the guys? It's always she did. She did. She stood. Well, there's one. There's one. And here's one really important facet of this. And I'm glad it's happening now. Better late than never. I think we're going to drive ourselves nuts if in the coming months we say, well, where was this a year ago? It's better late than never. Um, Here's the very important facet of this. It is pitting COVID restrictions, mitigation efforts against the First Amendment. Now, we might not like the answers that we find, but we're never going to find answers unless we have this fight. Mm-hmm. A similar thing is going on with that pastor in Canada as well. Yep. The one charge that was not dropped is the one that they're that they're going to pit against Canada's, Canada's version of free speech and freedom of worship as well. Those are very important details to pay attention to in the months ahead. We'll come back. The preview of the new book, Fauci and Bargain, is next. Stay tuned. Wow. Uh, back with our number two, uh, live and on demand here on Blaze TV, radio, and podcast. Let us know what you think about what we think via the stevedace.com inbox. You can email us, steve at stevedace.com. That's D-E-A-C-E. Like us on Facebook. Follow us on Twitter at Steve Dace Show. And then also, uh, if you're looking for free speech alternatives to those platforms, and you should be, uh, go to MeWe. Uh, Gab and Parlor, and look for Steve Dace there. 
If you're looking for clips of the show that you can watch for free, go to rumble.com slash Steve Dace show. We're still in YouTube jail. And frankly, I don't care if we ever get out. It's one less Karen uh, algorithm to worry about as far as I'm concerned. And get off my lawn. Okay. But if you want to make sure that you don't get up one day and find out, oh no, I, I can't get you guys quote unquote for free any longer because of censorship, take advantage right now of a discounted subscription at blazetv.com uh, slash days. In fact, every day we do an exclusive mini bonus episode just for subscribers. We tape it after each show, <clears throat> pardon me, which we will do after today's program. And you'll get to watch that if you're a subscriber, as well as all the other exclusive content we do every day at blazetv.com slash dace. If, however, you're still playing Russian roulette with big tech and you listen to the podcast, that's cool. We appreciate you. I kind of admire the stubbornness of holding out for the free product for as long as you can. I kind of would roll the same way, so I respect it. All right, but if you do listen to the podcast, please show your appreciation for us. Uh, leave us a five-star review and hit that subscribe button for us, whichever podcast platform, Amazon, uh, Spotify, yeah, iTunes, Stitcher, whichever one you access us through. All of those are appreciated. So many of you have done that already. Thank you very much. Just got word uh, during the top of the hour that Fauci and Bargain, which we're going to delve into a little bit more in depth here, is now number three overall. Number three overall. That's every single book at Amazon.com. It is now number three overall. So, I mean, I don't even know what to say to that. <laughs> um, just, wow. And we're very... Very thankful. And here's the thing for all of you. Folks, our show has grown quite a bit in the last year. We are on one of the largest media platforms in the country every day. But this should show you that there's a lot more of you than you think. Because, you know, the last book we released, this one in front of me, A Nefarious Carol, is the most successful book I've, I've done so far. And I think it was able to get into the top 100 on Amazon. I mean, it, there's millions of books. It's there. It's not easy to get into the top 100 of Amazon. It's really difficult to get into the top 10. It's very rare to get into the top five. And I'm not a Stephen King. I don't have a, um, a, a Glenn Beck size platform. So for us to do that, and obviously we got some help from Glenn this morning being on his show, but he's always had me on with his books and we've not been able to get to number three overall at amazon.com. Um, we were able to get a movie deal, so that was cool, uh, but we were not able, even with Glenn's mighty help, to get number three overall at Amazon. Uh, this is organic. This is people like you that are buying multiple copies, telling people about it. Word of mouth is still... Before we knew what the term viral was, it was still the best method of marketing ever devised in all of human history. And, and you folks have taken ownership of this content and are making this happen for us. And that's why I'm just, I'm kind of beside myself here about it in real time. And also because of how important this work is. It's the most important work we've ever done. 
on this show. And it could very well end up being the most important work we ever do, given the gravity of the moment of the last year. So thank you for all of you, uh, to all of you, for uh, what you are doing to get the word out, to spread the word about this book. There's so much information, so much data in here that uh, unless you have been a consumer to a place like The Blaze, I, I saw somebody on my Facebook post or Facebook page posted this morning. My my disappointment will be that maybe it will be a lot of the people that already believe this and know it that will get this information. Well, that's frankly where people like you come in. You've got family members, friends. And listen, if, if they're Branch Covidian, I'd kick the dust off my sandals and move on. You got too many other things to agitate you in life than trying to rescue somebody from a, you know, a hail bop cult. But maybe you've got a lot of people in your friends and family network that they're still afraid, but they're sick of it at the same time. I mean, yesterday, the CDC director, as she read off a script, said, let me now tell you as I go off script, I am afraid of impending doom. And you can watch her just reading it on the screen. Literally a half hour ago, you can kind of see we're coming to the end. I, I mean, seriously? Yesterday, impending doom? Today, uh, kind of feels like we might be getting to the end of this. You've got people in your life that need to be freed from this. And they intellectually need to give themselves permission to breathe the free air again. This book can do that. So you're doing it. Thank you. You have taken this way beyond what we are capable, even with all of our combined resources of making happen. So It's been said before that uh, the truth can set us free, shall set us free. The truth that's in this book can set us free from whatever this last year has been. We just talked to a good buddy of mine, Gabe Wrench, about uh, his lawsuit. And it, this is where we need organizations when you're talking about overreaching government officials in D.C. across the country, threatening your constitutional, uh, your constitutional freedoms, this is why you need an organization like Alliance Defending Freedom. Um, in times like these, sometimes the courts are your last hope for trying to get something done when it comes to your fundamental God-given rights and Alliance Defending Freedom for many years, has been uh, leading the way where that's concerned. Over 25 years, hey, ADF was who came out and told the truth about, originally, about what was going on in South Dakota. All right? They, they, um, they, they don't play favorites. This is not your typical conservative group. We're not, this isn't a GOP protection racket. Mike, the head of ADF over there, used to be the president of Patrick Henry College. Him and I have been friends. I've known him for years. As straight shooter as you're going to find in our movement. All right. So, um, for example, House of Representatives recently passed the deceitfully named Equality Act that could force women to share private, intimate spaces with men who identify as female. Uh, it could also force Americans to celebrate events, speak messages that violate your religious convictions. That's what ADF does. They help protect your liberty and freedom. And you can help them uh, also by donating. Everything they do there is of no charge to their clients, which means they need our help to help us. 
All right. Go to ADFlegal.org slash Steve. A-D-F. ADFlegal.org slash Steve. They win about 80% of their cases. So together with their help, we can defend liberty and justice no matter who's in power. At ADFlegal.org slash Steve. ADFlegal.org slash Steve. Before we get to our preview of the book, you got you have any thoughts, Todd, on... Let me tell you what you should be saying right now. You know, if you would have had me co-write those books, those other books <laughs> oh, with no, you, you'd no. have been number three no, with those no, two. No, 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 no. no I don't no. know what happens. I throw Urzen, I give Urzen a byline, and no, look no. what happens. America comes alive, you apparently. Could, you, you could actually get me to blush. You, you know, no, a good grief. No, it's a privilege to be a part of it. All I did on this book is what I, I had to do for him to sit here and on his right uh, every day and help him. You know, I do. Uh, I play my part here uh, the best I can. It's always been an honor and humbling to be a part of it. It's the same here. Um, he said, you want to do it? And I said, um, what do you need? And there it is. So uh, uh, thank you for asking. One person we've got to give a shout out to as well, in all seriousness, is Anthony Zaccardi. All right, now, he's the head of Post Hill Press. There aren't too many conservative publishing labels left. Uh, and he runs one of them. And he comes from the mainstream publishing world. And if he's listening right now, uh, Anthony is the head of Post Hill. This book was his idea. Uh, he came to us, when was it? Probably mid-late January. Sometime around there. Maybe even the 1st of February. Yeah. It was sometime not too long ago, actually. And no, said, no, no. And said, listen, I think... Um, I've been listening to your show. I think you're right. The momentum is tilting against lockdowns, but I think a lot of people are lacking an information resource that are, that are going to help them on a on a local and personal level make a winning argument. And I think you guys, with what the work you've already done and just updating it with what's going on right now, how fast do you think you could compile a manuscript for us? And I'll just bypass the normal... Uh, publishing process. We won't worry about getting it out to all the stores and everything else. That'll take months and months. And we'll just go straight to paperback and try to get this uh, with as many resources and connections as we have to get the word out to get this into as many people's hands as we possibly can. And you and I talked about it and thought, yeah, we could compile that. Now, what Todd isn't telling you is I gave him the hardest task, all right, which was going through an entire year of content cataloging all of it and then putting it um, in a in a digestible form that allowed me to really turn this thing around from a writing standpoint and uh, and even keep updating it in real time I mean you cut you kept that saying to me man I don't know if we can get this done I'm like I'm not worried about it because I knew you were going to do the hardest part you're going to do the part that took the longest and once you did that I just have to you know just um, just come up with a lot of words. I can do that without any problem. It's just a matter of whether they were going to mean anything or amount to anything. But this thing, um, this was Anthony's brainchild at Post Hill. Uh, this was his idea to do this. It wasn't even on our radar. We were actually just coming out of Nefarious Carol and weren't ha- didn't have any plans, uh, really, uh, that we thought of to for sure to do another book this year. And he's the one that brought it to us. And when we talked about it, we were like, this is so automatic. We should have thought about it already, right? Yeah. And the goal was, selfishly, I wanted to get my part of the book done before the NCAA tournament began so that I could enjoy my favorite um, pop culture event of the year once more. We ended up actually getting the book out 
been published before the NCAA tournament ended. So um, tip of the cap both to Todd for his work cataloging the content, but this was originally Anthony Zaccardi at Post Hill Press. So this was originally his idea. So he deserves a lot of the credit. And we just went to, as I just saw, number two overall at Amazon.com. Wow. It's amazing. Not, not bad for two uh, old uh, Des Moines Register scrubs who That's they right. never let out of the corner. That's huh? right. We weren't good enough. We weren't good enough to work on the op-ed page at the Des Moines Register anymore, but somehow we cobbled together the number two book in the country at Amazon.com as we speak right now. There you go. All right, let's get to it. Let's talk about what's in the book. All right, fake news or not. Uh, this week brought to you by our good friends over at Built Bar. I, I mentioned the letter we got from Doug, one of our listeners yesterday whose daughter is a type one diabetic and of course with covid the last year you know that's just added with that pre-existing condition even more stress on a family but just imagine that's your kid and beggar's night or trick-or-treat christmas thanks the things that you i mean one of my favorite memories of going to disney the first time when the kids were little was they had these massive massive chocolate lollipops that were bigger than their faces and we're there in early September, so it's still 85, 90 degrees every day. And just letting it melt all over their faces and causing a big mess. We took them to Branson a few years ago, and uh, there's this like rockabilly caf- cafe there that has this like huge dessert with everything you can imagine, and can you eat it all? And that's just one of the cool things about being a parent is when you get to let them indulge in that stuff. Well, you know, Doug was talking about his daughter's type one diabetic. She doesn't get to do those things. And so they're looking for stuff though. Cause she's still a kid. She still has a sweet tooth. So what could I indulge in? He heard me talking about how good built bars were. Uh, the fact that it's the, best tasting protein bar you've ever tried. It's the most nutritious candy bar you've ever had. And he decided to take a gamble, then monitored her blood sugar very closely in the aftermath, and it didn't spike whatsoever. And now they're sold. Over 20 flavors, all covered in real chocolate. These are amazing. I've not had a chance to try the brand new white chocolate raspberry cheesecake, but doesn't that just sound like something with Mother's Day here in the next couple of weeks, Easter? Doesn't that just sound springy? Right. You know, um, I love the chocolate chip cookie dough. I, I went overboard. I, I got mad because it took weeks for them to uh, for them to arrive. And then I went out and got <clears throat> seven boxes of them, like one row of my refrigerator at home is nothing but Bill Bar chocolate chip cookie dough flavors. And then the other rows are the other flavors. All right, so if you want to give them a shot, 15% off your first or next order right now when you use the promo code DACE at BuiltBar.com. D-E-A-C-E, BuiltBar.com, B-U-I-L-T for BuiltBar.com. Promo code DACE. Let's get to it. I've been talking about the endorsements that this book has received. And I, I don't know that we'll see a, a book from our point of view uh, this year, or maybe even in the last couple of years, that has received the all-star panel of endorsements that Fauci and Bargain out right now. Get your copy right now at Amazon.com, number two overall in the country right now. Wanted to share those endorsements with you um, because each of these people also is taking a bit of a risk by endorsing a book like this. Because they're going to hear about it. You know, one of the endorsements that is coming up is my buddy Congressman Chip Roy in Texas. I've gotten at least a half a dozen Google alerts. Because we have Google alerts set for the show anytime the show or our name comes up to make sure nobody is out there doing what 
uh, a former U.S. senator tried to do to Gina Carano uh, recently. Okay, so if we have to pounce on anything that's slanderous or libel, we will. And I've gotten about a half dozen Google alerts in the last year from local media going, getting all over Congressman Chip Roy for coming on our show and talking about COVID, given what we have been saying about it on this program. So everybody that endorsed the book is taking some form of a risk, particularly those in elected office. All right. So we wanted to share those endorsements with you. Let's start with this one. Uh, and this is from U.S. Senator Ted Cruz, who said, hey, Steve Dace is a true patriot whose zeal for liberty is undeniable. Every day, Steve walks the walk when it comes to fighting for Americans' fundamental rights. This book is written with a keen understanding of the pain and devastation we've all seen throughout this pandemic. Throughout, Steve's passion for protecting Americans' freedoms is ever-present. And I can tell you for a fact that the senator's office absolutely read through the book before they gave an endorsement. And you'll recall that it was last summer that Senator Cruz was one of the first people to really um, try to get some accountability from CDC and Robert Redfield and, and let us share those answers and those questions with you on the show last year. This endorsement next from a man who's on the front lines, man. He is waging a front line war against COVID Stan as we speak. And that's Florida Governor Ron DeSantis who writes in his farewell, famous farewell address, President Eisenhower warned about allowing public policy to become captive to a scientific elite without regard to the principles of our constitutional system and the goals of a free society. By the way, that Eisenhower speech is a key element in the introduction to Fauci and Bargain. Uh, Eisenhower was prescient, DeSantis says. During the COVID crisis, states like New York that embraced an adulterated Fauciism, I love that term, unadulterated Fauciism, saw poor results across the board, while states that pursued an Eisenhower-style approach like Florida, protected freedom and performed better in education, economy, and health outcomes. Executives are elected to lead and make tough decisions, and such leadership cannot be outsourced to health bureaucrats like Fauci. That's a, that is a phenomenal statement there by Florida Governor Ron DeSantis. Nobody, nobody has faced more scrutiny. Nobody has in the, in the, in the world for standing up to this spirit of the age than he has in the last year. This endorsement from U.S. Senator Rand Paul, who has been one of the few to take Fauci on, mano e mano. In this important book, the authors do the job our uninquisitive media has failed to do throughout this ordeal, confirming with cited and sourced details the enemy of both liberty and logic the lockdowns have proven to be, which also proves too much power in the hands of an unelected bureaucrat regardless of his intentions, can no longer be our new normal. That's very well put, very well said. And as I said to Glenn Beck this morning, 14 months ago, did you know what an Anthony Fauci was? No. And now, now he is, I would argue, maybe the single most pop, powerful figure in American history, not just bureaucrat. Think about it. He is determining whether you and your children can go outside and breathe air unencumbered think about that that's the very definition of dictatorship next the great one mark levin this is an important book to both get answers to how we got here and to help us never succumb to something like this 
ever again. Permitting unelected bureaucrats to hold this much power indefinitely doesn't end well. If there's anybody that knows the lessons of history along these lines, it is certainly Mark. No question. Can I say one thing at this point? Of this, now that we've seen several of these, this threat, and this is speaks to Steve's decision, at the front end of this thing, you know, we talked about the, the compilation, as Steve said, putting it all together. Make sure that the data, the footnotes are available. Uh, but when Steve said, I'm going to go ahead while you're doing all the research, I'm going to write the introduction, it, his decision it, this could have just been that compilation without this thread, this very important narrative that this is not just a book of medical data, but this is about bureaucratic overreach. It's about something more fundamental than this last year, 2020, COVID. It's about who we are as a representative republic, who rules who. Mm -hmm. And that, th that it could have been otherwise. And for Steve to set the tone like that is vital to this read. I think I, I thought we had to make make the point that this is bigger than him that whatever you think it's bigger than covid and, yes, and a pandemic yes even. this is whatever you whatever you think motivates anthony fauci he's just past his prime he's 80 years old stayed in office for too long and it, he's just not good at this anymore that's possible um he's just uh, he's never been more popular he's never been more in demand and this is classic bureaucratic narcissism so let me hold on to this for as long as i can that's possible he's a malevolent force that's possible but whichever those three camps of screw of skeptic you fall into the reality is if anthony fauci had retired five years ago things would not be much different in my view. The personality might be different, but the Leviathan of this system or the swamp, whatever you want to call it, would have just spewed out another one. Look at our CDC An director you yes, just mentioned. Anthony Fauci wasn't alone. We could have done another book on just Debbie Burks. So he's a con he himself is a construct. This is bigger than even him. But Ultimately, he's the face behind whatever is the spirit of the age that has propelled the events of the past year. Glenn Beck, our contemporary here at The Blaze, Hall of Famer. In their typical fashion, Steve Dace and Totters and spare no expense in pursuit of truth. We've been told a lot of things during this pandemic, and a lot of them contradict each other. This book uses documented, da documented data and sources to cut through the clutter, most of it Fauci's, and bring us to a place of reason and science. That's something that's going to get cited when you read this book is science over and over and over again. And as I said to Glenn this morning, and you have heard me say on this show many times, a lot of the counter experts at these elite academic institutions who have thought this last year was anywhere from unnecessary to complete and total bunk also come from left of center, left wing, elite academic centers that believe it's possible we all may melt from global warming in a decade. There's more than two genders. This is this goes beyond. This goes beyond our typical political fault lines. Uh, my good friend David Limbaugh, New York Times bestselling author. This book is needed to help us end this statist charade once and for all. The data clearly shows we can both protect the most vulnerable and restore our liberties. But for that to happen, we need to follow the actual science and not a liberal media-created celebrity such as Fauci. By the way, David knows what he's talking about. He has, he has fought the COVID battle in his own family.
So again, this is not just some theoretical exercise, okay? Our new friend, Jason Whitlock, former National Journalism Award winner, which to win that as a sports commentator almost never happens. Seekers and followers of truth are in short supply during this unprecedented time in American history. Steve Dace ruthlessly seeks the truth, reveals what he finds, and backs it with evidence and data. He's written my kind of book, one that challenges prevailing corporate media narratives. I like that one. I like that one a lot. Journalism no, not, is magical yeah, and not at all broken. It's not that we don't like the other ones. Okay, but these other guys have like titles that are like a lot bigger than us. Jason Whitlock just kind of strikes us as just kind of like us. Well, just a just a regular dude who just happens to be really good at giving his opinion and calling BS on stuff. Well, his own story, as much as I know it and he's public about it, has has some overlap with yours, sports world, mm-hmm. the other but he's he's also just constantly trying to tap into the uh it's up to us narrative and he does it he's talking about uh he just refuses to buy into the constant victimology so i really like it from that fact that again he's taking this beyond covid beyond fauci it's about who you are as a man how will you stand what will you fight former u.s senator jim demint he was kind of Rand paul and ted cruz before we knew who those guys were Fauci and Bargain shines light on the deception Americans faced at the hands of Tony Fauci's twisted power. As a country, we allowed Fauci and his media enablers to utilize our fear of the unknown to push through leftist ideology and suffocate our freedoms. This book is a must read for those who seek truth. My good friend, Congressman Chip Roy from Texas, this timely but sadly necessary book lays bare the truth about Dr. Anthony Fauci for Americans to fully grasp the tyrannical devastation he inflicted on our great nation. From Fauci's glaring contradictions to his raw abuse of power and shutting down the greatest economy in the world, this book demonstrates with precision the lesson we must take from this travesty. Never again. Tom Woods, best-selling New York Times best-selling author, uh, I, really, I think one of the smartest and friendliest libertarians I've ever met. Uh, it didn't take long for, for some of us, or it didn't take some of us long to figure out something wasn't quite right with Anthony Fauci. It took him months before he acknowledged the public health consequences of lockdown. He was dead wrong on schools. He warned that Florida was, quote, asking for trouble, and yet Florida ended up doing better than states Fauci praised. Steve Dace and Todd Erzin have been tracking the whole fiasco from the beginning. And Fauci and Bargain is their urgently necessary corrective to the mainstream narrative of the heroic Fauci. By the way, uh, taped an interview with Tom for his podcast. That'll be out, I think, either today or tomorrow. I think you'll really enjoy that conversation. Jesse Kelly. I like the way this one is worded. This book is a weapon of mass destruction against the dumbest decision I've ever seen. Lockdowns. And the general of COVID Stan, one Anthony Fauci. May it be read and heated so we never fall for such a scam again. And I'll be on Jesse's show on Thursday discussing it. And we have, uh, we're going to run out of time here, but uh, I want to mention our good friend Josh Hammer, Newsweek opinion editor had some very kind things to say about the book as well. Uh, Julie Kelly, who's part of this, we, uh, this group of us that 
many of we knew we previously knew Jordan and a couple of these people, but none of us like we didn't know an Alex Berenson. We didn't know Julie Kelly. There was just kind of like this ragtag, you know, rebel alliance, each fighting in their own little quadrant of the galaxy against the Death Star. And over the course of the last year, we've just kind of, uh, you know, organically come together and realized we're better fighting in unison. Uh, she gave a very kind endorsement of the book i'll be on her podcast later this week too and then uh my old friend mark meckler president of the convention of states project um remember last may uh he organized an event to stand up and defy the lockdowns uh he was one of the first to speak out so uh very proud of an all-star panel of endorsements wanted to share those with you when we come back we're going to share some of the fake news that this book debunks when we return stay tuned You know, we've been telling you about Rough Greens for quite a while now. It's a powder that you sprinkle over sprinkle over your dog's food. It's just that simple. Sprinkled it over Cap's food this morning, and he scarfs that stuff down, woofs it down. He loves it. But maybe you're worried. Hey, Steve, I know about the nutritional value. You're right. I mean, I'm buying supplements for my family, for me, because they strip a lot of those vitamins, minerals, and nutrients out of the human food for mass distribution and consumption. All right. I'll agree with you. They're probably doing that to my pet's food as well. But how do I know my pet will eat this stuff right now? Our dog cap loves it. Okay. But that's our dog. Here's one way to find out. We'll just give it to you for nothing. You just pay for the shipping. First bag on us free. Find out if your dog will eat it, likes it. Um, Because there's no nutritional value in a product they won't eat. Right. It's not, it's not doing their health any good sitting in the bag. (laughs) It's got to get in the belly. All right, so if the dog, if your dog, if your pet won't eat it, then hey, that's okay, nothing personal, move on. But how about we find out, all right? Because I think you're going to see your dog will likely like it, and you'll see a difference in the energy level, uh, excitement level of your pet as well. All right, so go to roughgreens.com. That's all you have to do to get the 14-day Jumpstart bag for free now. We'll give you one bag to start you off for free just to see if your pet likes it at roughgreens.com, R-U-F-F, or call 833 833- Rough dog. You just pay for the shipping. The bag is on us at roughgreens.com, 833-ROUGH-DOG. All right, as we continue on with our preview of our new book, releasing today, Fauci and Bargain, the most powerful and dangerous bureaucrat in American history, now up to number three overall on Amazon.com, thanks to all of you. To continue to give you a bit of a preview for Fake News or Not this week, I decided to let Todd choose his three favorite pieces of fake news that we confront and debunk in this book and then share that and discuss with the audience. Did, how hard was it for you? I, 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 I this When I gave you this assignment, I, I'm reminded of that scene in, in Tim Burton's uh, Batman where the Joker is coloring pictures of Kim Basinger. He says, hard to stay inside the lines, right? I mean, there's just, it was, was, was it very difficult for you to narrow and winnow this down to just three? Well, I knew it was going to be, so then I just decided not to make this comprehensive and make it more id based because you basically asked me to choose my favorite child yes so uh these three uh, could i i could easily be set aside for another favorite three and yet another favorite and i encourage all of you to do the same read this book use social media 
cut and paste your favorites get them out there because they're just there's slap in the face after slap in the face and i've read the book and edited the book how many times it still has that power with me so get the word out there choose your own all right aaron you've got his top three i've not seen these so i'm, I'm anxious to see what what todd shows let's go to number the first one fake news or not fauci and bargain edition number one trust the experts we've got some excerpts from the book here that i'll read for you Quote from the book, one of the most famous infectious disease experts used the occasion of the far more lethal Ebola virus to make his case against quote-unquote draconian lockdowns, despite the fact the average case fatality rate for Ebola, according to the World Health Organization, is a monstrous 50%, which is 2,173% more deadly than COVID-19. This famous infectious disease expert had this to say about governors and both major political parties issuing quarantine quarantines for travel to Africa, even for healthcare workers to combat the cataclysmic Ebola virus back in 2014. He says, quote, go with science. The best way to stop this epidemic is to help the people in West Africa. We do that by sending people over there, not locking Africa away from the world. We need to treat them, returning people back home with respect. Those healthcare workers are really our heroes. So the idea, we're, we're being a little draconian via quarantines, there are other ways to protect against them bringing Ebola back with them here. For the record, would you like to know the name of this famous infectious disease expert opposed to locking down Africa from the rest of the world and quarantining our healthcare workers against a cosmically more deadly contagion his name was none other than anthony fauci yeah. anthony fauci went on national television and made that made that case yeah ebola folks 50 percent cfr 50 okay as in a roll of the dice man when you get that but he said hey don't lock down don't quarantine africa over a 50 percent cfr but absolutely, lockdown and quarantine Montana over a 1.8% CFR, right? That is some fake news right there. Whom have you seen dig that up, by the way? Because, I mean, I, that that is a clip that you should have seen 10,000 times by now. Anthony Fauci arguing against draconian lockdowns and quarantines. For Ebola. For Ebola. How long ago was that? I believe it was 2014. 2014. Yes, 2013, 2014. Yeah, somewhere in there. So not too long ago. Now, why is that your favorite one? Why is that the first one you picked? Because you can't possibly think it's real. And it is. (laughs) It is. That's why. And that's this. But again, that's why the citations in this book are so important. Over every day for the last year, you can't believe it's real. This is and the very is. definition of gaslighting. Yes. And this is the very definition of From it. the beginning, the premise, trust the experts. This is what they bring to the table. Why should you trust them ever? All right, number two. Number two, Sweden was the way. <clears throat> Excerpt from the book, quote, the authors of this book have combined for more than a quarter century of experience covering and or analyzing current events. And we have never seen a subject victimized by more gaslighting than Sweden and coronavirus. 
Sweden was like if hydroxychloroquine and Donald Trump had a baby. All the same people with an abominably zealous desire for them both to fail projected their combined scorn upon poor Sweden. We personally witnessed numerous outright lies and distortions of Sweden's data with our own eyes during this pandemic, and apparently at least some of it was coordinated. Two Swedish investigative media groups uncovered a closed Facebook group of 200-plus academics, thought leaders, researchers, and others who were conspiring about how to manifest their shared disdain for Sweden's defiance into critical messaging for distribution in global media. This group reportedly had three main goals. One, to influence the Swedish government's coronavirus policy. Two, to criticize positive media coverage of Sweden's coronavirus policy. And three, to damage Sweden's image control around the world, as well as those who were formulating its coronavirus policy. Because nothing says... You have the better argument, quite like declaring an intifada. Yeah, notice uh, putting out the true data of what's going on in Sweden, uh, making sure people know how horrible the way of life is in Sweden, how dangerous it is to live in Sweden. Was that any of their that, that none of that was mentioned in any of their goals? They tried to Bermuda Triangle an entire country. And here's yes. the kicker: we've mentioned this many. This is what's amazing to me. This story had hope in it. They kept trying right. to kill hope at every single and, and, turn. And, and let's just set the stage to, in case we all forgot. It's like President well, Snow. Yes. His, his in, thing on in, hope. In case we all forgot what's, what, what, what Sweden was prior to COVID. It's like we forgot, all right? For 20 years, Sweden was the socialist democratic utopia. The American left. I remember doing a debate with a with in Wichita with um uh, what was that uh, before what, what were they called where they used to camp out um they were protesting corporatism and bailouts oh, Wall Street um, uh, uh, the Wall Street shut down people yeah. I, can't, I can't even remember their name now <laughs> oh. we've we've had so, occupy occupy Wall Street we have had yeah. so many of the there's there's so many clubs in my bag that says Spirit of the Age on it. I can't even name the clubs anymore. There's just so many of them, all right? But this and the whole this Occupy Wall Streeters entire claim was to be more and more like Sweden. Greta Thunberg, yeah. just the year before COVID, guys, was Sweden's chief export to the world. I mean, she's winning. Did she win a Nobel? I know she won some of these prizes around the world, right? Yeah. I mean, she's lecturing the world. How dare you, sir? She's lecturing the world. She's being celebrated. This was Sweden's main export to this planet in the last decade was Greta Thunberg the year before COVID. This was the perfect opportunity to actually have the other side of the argument say, see, science works. Follow the science. Now believe us on global warming. Believe us on climate change. Haven't we been trying to warn? Right? Yeah. This was the example. Sweden followed this. Hey, the same people in Sweden warning the world through Greta Thunberg about climate change are the same people in Sweden running their epidemiological public policy. Follow the science. That would have been a pretty powerful argument, actually, to try to overcome, right? Oh, they it could have. It would, been... it would have put people in our position, and we, we were kind of now picking and choosing. So Sweden's right when we agree and not right. We would have been in a really difficult de- position to defend had they made that pivot. But did they make that pivot? They never no, even tried. No, they never even tried. They, they, as you said, uh, they tried to Bermuda Triangle an entire country. Sweden wrecked them. Barely knew them. What's a Sweden? I've never heard of it. I don't know what a Sweden is. And then tried to shame them. 
into following their junk science moon dance flat earth voodoo instead with organized media efforts. So now, when they had the perfect opportunity to show us their concern for the future of the planet was, was sincere science-based and not ideological, they could have linked it together, Greta Thunberg with Sweden's victorious approach, 7% excess deaths last year in Sweden, compared to everywhere else in Europe was anywhere from 16 to 20%. Sweden won, won the argument. Is there any better stat than that one right there? Right. No other better stat. They could have really linked those two chains together and said, see, follow us as we follow the science instead. They kicked Sweden to the curb, which kind of proves that maybe it isn't about science. It is about all that ideology and the other stuff that we talk about. Yes, it is. Before we get to number three, let me tell you about Annie's Kit Clubs because March is wrapping up and it's National Crafting Month and Annie's Kit Clubs is celebrating with a special 75% off offer off of a creative, fun, hands-on way for both boys and girls. Yes, they still believe in them uh, over there at Annie's. Uh, to spend their downtime. You want to know about Annie's Kit Clubs? The perfect subscription for the boys and the girls. For the boys, the Young Woodworkers Kit Club. It's a monthly subscription that puts real tools into your child's hands. Every month, he'll receive an all-in-one woodworking kit with the materials and the tools kids need to make an awesome woodworking project with minimal supervision. And then for the girls, Annie's Creative Girls Club sends two craft projects every month complete with easy-to-follow instructions that'll kickstart her creativity through painting, beading, and more. These things help your kids develop actual skills, master real-world building talents and techniques while expressing their creativity. So give them a shot right now. 75% off your first shipment. That's practically giving it away to you. Annie's Kit Clubs, A-N-N-I-E-S, annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. That's annieskitclubs.com slash Steve. Now, the final piece of fake news of your top three that you chose, Aaron, is what? Number three is Cuomo and Fauci. Another excerpt from the book. I can't, Fauci said, when finally asked about the scandal that threatened to topple Cuomo. Quote, I mean, I'm sorry, I really, I'm honestly not trying to evade your question, but I'm not really sure of all the details of that. And I think if I make a statement, it probably could either be incorrect or taken out of context. So I prefer not to comment on that, end quote. We don't think of a man who is up to his eyeballs in funding research in Wuhan, China, of all places, the up to the very ver- birthplace of COVID-19, can get away with saying he doesn't have a clue what's going on in his home state as it was ravaged as hard by the Wuhan virus as any other place on Earth. He can't have it both ways. Fauci cannot provide legitimacy to Cuomo's prior grandiose claims, thus playing de facto kingmaker and then feign ignorance or sheepishly demur when the macabre reality of what actually occurred is brought to light. Go ahead. As you know, I, Fauci uh, drove Cuomo's getaway car. I mean, these two are so linked at the hip, and this entire chapter dissects a intimate family relationship that makes that statement, that direct quote from Fauci, Simply laughable on its face. And then when you multiply that by, as Steve alluded to before, where are you hearing this from? Who is talking about? They just, after a week of vacation, Chris Como is back on TV lecture, moralizing to us once again, uh, just last night. 
it, it's phenomenal what the cult has allowed so many people to get away with and Fauci's at the top of this list the dedication in this book reads as follows uh, dedicated to our children and the next generation may we pass on to them whatever is left of the American dream folks the American dream has never been more threatened in our lifetimes than it is right now unless you're the waning greatest generation that is in the process of being called home as we speak we don't have a lot of world war ii veterans left but even beyond 9-11 9-11 was the last time even though it was temporary that a calamity and a tragedy and the reminder of the existential brought the country largely together. Remember the lines at our churches on 9-12 and 9-13 and the Sunday after. This threat closed our churches, kept us apart from one another, told us to desert our elderly, choke our children, The American dream was flickering already in this time. Whatever is left of it right now has never been threatened more than it currently is. These mitigation efforts are the biggest lie and scam ever told in the history of Western civilization, in American history. We know one thing for certain about them. They don't do a damned thing against coronavirus. Lockdowns don't work, but they do kill. Civilizations, people, mental health. For too long, too many of our countrymen have been kept away from the information in this book. It's time. Time to let this lion out of its cage. Get your copy today. Fauci and Bargain. Thanks to all of you that have done so already. Back at it again tomorrow, noon to 2 Eastern, right after Glenn Beck. Until then, John 317. This is Steve Dace. On the Blaze Radio Network.